0: Welcome to the Children's of Alabama PedsCast. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wilner. Today's segment will feature Dr. Colm Travers to discuss the Golden Week program at UAB and Children's of Alabama. Welcome, Dr. Travers. Dr. Travers, you are an assistant professor at the University of Alabama at Birmingham and a neonatologist. Dr. Travers, thank you for speaking with me today. I understand that you and your colleagues developed a program called Golden Week tell me a little bit about this initiative
1: so the Golden Week program was a quality improvement initiative that we started at UAB back in 2015 to improve the outcomes for our extremely preterm infants extremely preterm infants are babies who are born from 22 to 27 weeks of gestational age A full-term pregnancy would usually be 39 to 40 weeks. So
0: just a little over half of what's expected sometimes. That's right. And what does the Golden Week program do?
1: So we were hoping to reduce the rate of severe brain bleeds or intracranial hemorrhage or death in these extremely preterm infants in the first seven days after birth. And we reduced the rate of severe brain bleeds or death in the first week after birth from about 27% down to about 15%.
0: Well, I'm a neurologist, so I'm interested in intracranial hemorrhage, of course, and those brain bleeds occur postnatally, not prenatally?
1: We believe the majority of the brain bleeds occur postnatally, but there could be some of the brain bleeds that might happen before birth or during birth, but many of them will happen after the babies are born, typically in the first three days. About 95% of them occur in the first week.
0: So hypothetically if they're postnatal there's a window where you can intervene in those first 24 72 hours. So what can you do to prevent these bleeds?
1: So there are multiple evidence-based potentially better practices that may reduce the risk of severe brain bleeds or death in our preterm infants. So we hope that by standardizing our use of evidence-based potentially better practices we could reduce variability in care management and improve the outcomes for these extremely preterm babies.
0: Can you give me an example of one of these interventions?
1: So there's some interventions that happen before even the babies are born, such as antenatal corticosteroids, which are injections given to the mother to help with the fetal maturation. And they can help to stabilize the blood vessels in the brain so that they have less likely to have a bleed. Then things like delayed cord clamping when the baby is born can also help to reduce the risk of the baby having a brain bleed. Then after the baby is born, how we take care of the baby's lungs with the ventilator, preventing big swings in their carbon dioxide level, avoiding giving boluses or starting blood pressure medicines if the baby doesn't need it. Again, all these different ways to reduce swings in blood pressure going to the brain because in our little babies, they don't have a lot of auto regulation in their cerebral circulation. So anything that we do that causes a swing in the blood pressure going to the brain could increase their risk of having a brain bleed.
0: And you found by developing a program and standardizing the care that you actually did have some impact, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. We, first of all, did a lot of education around our standardized evidence-based guidelines And we used lots of checklists and communication tools. But ultimately, we felt that using electronic medical record order sets would be a really nice way to standardize the treatment and reduce the variability and improve the adherence to those evidence-based potentially better practices that we thought would improve the outcomes. So we developed a set of special order sets for our golden weakers, our babies who were born extremely preterm at UAB.
0: Sometimes physicians bristle a little bit when there's like standardized order sets and it's not the way they're used to doing that. Did you find any of that reaction? And if so, what did you do about it?
1: Yeah, it's a great point. I think when you're setting out to do a quality improvement plan, it's so important to have buy-in from all the different stakeholders. And I think we're very lucky to work in a group that tries to practice evidence-based medicine. And we had a group of nurses and nurse managers and respiratory therapists who were really eager to improve the care, improve the outcomes, and also to understand the practices that we were doing and why we were doing them. And everybody wanted to help ultimately to improve the care for the babies. So we had a lot of meetings to agree on what was the best practices between us all. We met monthly, and we actually continue to meet monthly to develop our guidelines to monitor data and to improve the outcomes ultimately.
0: How many neonatologists are there in your program?
1: So we have about 90 pediatric residents, about nine neonatal fellows, and about 22 neonatal faculty members. This is an intensive care unit for these tiny babies. We also have about over 200 staff of nurses and respiratory therapists who we also needed to make sure we're up to date with our evidence-based guidelines, and we're practicing evidence-based medicine to improve the outcomes for these babies.
0: Now, prevention is always the key. Is there anything that a pregnant woman can do to try and avoid being in that ICU with her child?
1: It's difficult sometimes to know in advance who's going to be at highest risk of delivering preterm. We know that mothers who have had a previous preterm birth will be at higher risk. We know there are certain risk factors for preterm birth, such as smoking, cigarettes, not having good prenatal care. So I think it's very important for mothers to make sure that they start prenatal care early so that the obstetricians can identify those at risk. And then if a mother does have signs that she could potentially be going into preterm labor or have other signs that maybe she's becoming unwell, it's very important to seek care early so that the obstetricians, they do such a good job sometimes at delaying or preventing preterm birth.
0: Right. Well, it sounds like this Golden Week program has been a success and you plan to continue and enhance it. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. We actually, last year, launched a training program for all of the nurses who practice in the neonatal intensive care unit at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. And so now we have a team of highly trained neonatal nurses who are our Golden Week program nurses and they take care of the babies predominantly for the entire first week after they're born. And last year in 2021, we had our best year ever for reducing intracranial hemorrhage or death in our babies.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Dr. Travis, it's been a
1: great discussion. Is there anything else
0: you'd like to add?
1: I think it just shows the importance of communication and working together as a team in a complex environment like the neonatal intensive care unit. And that when everybody works together and uses evidence-based medicine, that it's possible to improve outcomes for the sickest babies.
0: Well, that concludes our program for today. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Colin Travers, for a very informative discussion.
1: Thanks very much for having me on.